For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Joellen Russell, an associate professor of geosciences. Joellen, you've helped show that the Southern Ocean has a huge effect on the world's climate, but it wasn't even officially an ocean until relatively recently. How does the Southern Ocean get involved with climate all over the world? The Southern Ocean is a wild place to work. I mean, we have the worst winds, the biggest waves. It's the furthest you have to go when you actually go out to sea on the ship. It might take 14 days, chugging day and night to get all the way out there. We've had to go with new technology to really be able to take a look at what that Southern Ocean is doing for us now. And we should say where the Southern Ocean is. Southern Ocean surrounds Antarctica all the way around. It's an unbounded current, kind of the wild frontier of the ocean. And uh, it has the biggest current in the world that runs around Antarctica, forced by those strong westerly winds, and it scrapes the bottom. It's so strong. And it's literally four times as big as the Gulf Stream, which is the next biggest current on planet Earth, which is why I fell in love. I couldn't resist. I My first research cruise, really big research cruise away from land, was in the Southern Ocean, south of 50 South, in the South Pacific, in the roaring 40s and 50s. And I grew up in an Eskimo fishing village in the Arctic, so I know exactly what a blizzard feels like. And I had never felt anything like this in my life. The waves were so big, chug, chug, chug up one side and swoosh down the other in a 300 foot ship. So I got back to land and I said, I have to figure out what this is, what's going on. And it's become my life's work. And now I don't just go to sea, we send our robot floats to sea and they do the looking for us. Because I mean, my student just went last summer, we still go because we have to deploy these guys, but now we've got help. Now we've got a way to look under the ice, in the deep winter, far away from land over time and time and time when we could not possibly be out there to see it. And the reason we need to look is because the Southern Ocean has taken up about two thirds to all of the human made heat from our large CO2 emissions, the Southern Oceans take up two thirds to all of it. So tell me about these robot floats. How big are they? What do they do? They're about as tall as you, Tim. They're about six feet and they uh, are slim and yellow, bright yellow, and they have sensors on the top. They don't propel. The law of the sea says if it drifts into somebody's economic zone, it's legal. But if you drive it in, you have to have a permit. So ours drift. These are all kind of science in a bottle, way out at sea. And what they do is they drop down to about a thousand meters parking depth, about 10 football fields down. And every 10 days, they drop all the way down to 2,000 meters and then make one long profile to the surface, making measurements as they go. When they reach the surface, they spend about eight minutes beaming that data back by Iridium satellite. And we put it up online for all the world to see within two hours with an automatic cleanup and crunch. Because it turns out 93% of the energy imbalance that we observe at the top of the atmosphere from ERBI, the Earth's Radiation Budget Experiment, which is a series of satellites that float at the outer edges of our atmosphere, basically looking in at the Earth and out at the sun. And they give us an energy imbalance. And they tell us, ERBI does, that more goes in than comes out. And that energy imbalance grows every year as our CO2 emissions grow. 
And so all that carbon is basically diffusing back that heat, not allowing it to blast back out to space. So we get warmer. And most of that heat, 93% went into the ocean, only about 3% stayed in the atmosphere. So whenever we talk about global warming, we're really talking about ocean warming. And that ocean warming is absolutely buffering us here in Arizona from the worst of what might happen. Do we have an idea how long that buffer can hold? Is there some threshold that the Southern Ocean will reach? Yes. We are using climate models now to try and look into the future, do the math, basically, to find out how long we have, how long that ocean, because if we warm the surface ocean too much, it acts like a lid. It basically makes it harder and harder for the winds to blow it away and get down to the deep, cold ocean that hasn't seen our human atmosphere yet. A lot of the ocean is between 800 and 1,000 years old and has never seen all of the CO2 and has the potential to take up a lot of that carbon and heat. But we worry. We worry a lot. And since most of the exchange is happening in the Southern Ocean, this is the critical spot to monitor. And it's really helping us get a handle on how well our models are doing, how well our math is doing to see that future by being able to validate those models with better and better observations. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.